and love is all that I can give to you Love is more than just a game for two Two in love can make it Take my heart and please don't break it Love was made for me and you Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Today's guest author is Becky Thompson. She wrote the book, Love Unending, Rediscovering Your Marriage in the Midst of Motherhood. Becky asked the question, since becoming a mom, do you ever feel like your marriage no longer receives the attention it needs to thrive? Do you ever wonder how you're supposed to recenter your heart on your husband when you're so busy with everything else? In her book, Becky talks about the first days of love and marriage that often become buried beneath a hurried life, active children, and mountains of bills and laundry. But what if you could rekindle that fresh sort of love? What if there was a secret to love unending? Sandy talks with Becky Thompson today about her new book, Love Unending, Rediscovering Your Marriage in the Midst of Motherhood. Let's listen. Hi, Becky. Hi, Sandy. Oh, I'm so excited to talk with you tonight. Uh, Thank you so much. The feeling is mutual. We're going to discuss your great book, Love Unending by Becky Thompson and a post you shared on your blog and you just have so many millions of people that look to your blog ignited a fervor of response around this idea of nurturing your marriage as mother of young children why do you think so many women struggle to keep their relationship with their spouse strong in the midst of motherhood You know, honestly, I have thought about that question quite a bit over the last few years. Um, My oldest son is seven years old, just turned seven, and I feel like I have been in the thick of motherhood for the last seven years, and I'm just sort of coming up for a breath, and I'm looking over at my husband thinking, oh, hi, there you are. Good to see you again. And I believe it has to do with how focused moms become on our children. You know, I think that in every home, the roles are shared differently. And so this can be true for husbands as well. But I know as women, as we nurture our children, it's just within us to want to care and provide as much care as we can for our children. And as we turn our attention toward our children, we have to be intentional about turning back toward our husbands. That's right, yeah. Um, You see so much focus on the children once they come that we can kind of let them out of the picture. Right. um, Yeah, we have to, as you say, be intentional and not allow that to happen. Early in Love Unending, you share how a conversation with your father sparked the basis for this challenge. What was that conversation and how does the relationship of your parents inspire your own marriage? Yes, ma'am. Late one night, um, I was pregnant with my third son, and I was sitting down um, in his living room, in my dad's living room, and 
the question that I was asked over and over on my blog and my website were you inspire us to be great moms and you tell us it's okay when we fall down and you're full of grace but how do we balance both roles of being a wife and a mother that was a question that came up and as I really searched my heart for an answer that I could provide these women that were desperate for some sort of guidance on balancing both roles um, I didn't have one and I was sitting in my dad's living room and I looked at him and I thought you know my dad is just a picture of love. I mean, he's just a picture of selfless love, full of joy, forgive quickly. You know, it's just effortless for him. And I'm not sure why I didn't think to ask him before. Um, but I, I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, what do I tell these women? And what do I do in my own marriage? Because the truth was, I was struggling to balance both roles. And everyone's asking me what to do, and I have no answer for them. Tell me when you find out, is what I want to tell them. Yeah. And, um, and I asked my dad, and he leans toward me as if to tell me a secret. And I'm thinking, what's about to happen? You know, what, <laughs> what, is there some sort of family secret that you've been yeah. keeping? And, you know, my parents have been happily married for 38 years. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I asked my dad, what do I do? He looks over his shoulder, makes sure my mom isn't listening. And then he says, every morning I wake up and I tell myself that it's the first day I'm married to your mom. And those just seemed like words. That uh-huh. just sort of hung there for a minute because they seem so simple. What a great thought, you know, to treat yes. each day like it was the first day that you fell in love. But what would that really look like? Yeah. And so he just, he's such a kind, gentle man. And, you know, really what I know of God and um, I've, I've heard from my dad and experienced through his love for me. So he's just this picture uh, of God's love. Yeah. But he just sat there waiting for me to fully understand what that would mean. And I said, Dad, that would mean that there was no yesterday to overcome. You know, that would mean that there was no list of things that my husband had done or hadn't done. Right. You know, that would mean that it was just a fresh start every morning as if it were the first go. day. Right, right. And I thought, I don't even know. I think, you know, my husband and I might have even fought on our way off to the honeymoon. You know, some marriages have issues in the beginning. So what does that really look like to... Um, live each day like it was a clean slate, a fresh start, fully in love. So I went back to my own life and I just made a list of everything that had changed since day one. The way I spoke to my husband, the way I greeted him when he walked through the door at the end of the day, Uh um, the way I, you know, I put my hand on his arm when he talked to me. Simple things that had changed. And I realized that all of the things that pull our attention away from our husbands are made up of these simple, little, unnoticed moments. And um, and so I went on a journey, and I know how cheesy that sounds. I just, I know what journeys, you know. But I went on a journey. There's really no other way to describe it. And I broke it down into bites, bite-sized bites of waking up each day focused on a new aspect of what that would look like to love my husband as if it were the first day I fell in love with him. 
and, and it worked. Um, it worked. <laughs> it worked. It was it worked. You know, it's, it's <clears throat> I, the thing is, as children, we watch our parents, and sometimes we uh-huh. see what they do, but until we understand the motivation behind it, we don't fully understand it. And so I had watched my dad live this out for 38 years, but I had never understood his method. Right. And so, um, and so as he sort of revealed this, yeah. yeah, and so as he revealed this truth to me, and I had this opportunity, I could, I could then model what I had watched for 38 years, understanding the heart behind it. And it really changed everything, um, not just in my marriage, but with my children and, and in our home as we all interacted together. Uh-huh. So you wanted to share it with others. That's exactly that's right. That's why you wrote the book. Love Unending guides women through 21 daily challenges to recenter their hearts towards their husbands. And in your experience as a blogger and writer, what are some poor ways that women try to carry their relationships through difficult points in their marriage? You know, I think... I think that two lines traveling side by side, pointed even slightly away from each other, are only going to get farther apart as time goes on. And so I think that women just sort of ignore. I think that's the most dangerous thing we do is when we're in a season where we're not connecting well, where we're focused on our children, we just sort of say, eventually everything will figure itself out. You know, eventually uh-huh. we'll have time. Eventually we'll go on that date. Eventually we'll sit down and have a real conversation, you know, without children interrupting us. Eventually. <clears throat> and so we, we almost ignore um, the daily investment. And I think that's, you know, maybe the poorest or uh, the most dangerous thing we can do as we sort of try to balance both roles. We have to do it Today, we have to decide that today we're going to make the step to turn back toward our husbands. We're going to re-intersect. We're going to come back into alignment. We're going to realign our hearts and decide we're going to travel the same direction, not just side by side, but as one with the Lord. And um, and so I think the poorest decision is to ignore um, the need for it. And, and the healthiest thing, the bravest thing, is to look at, what little effort, what little places and what little effort could make the biggest impact. Right. And so many little things can make the biggest impact. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Right. On day 14, you encourage women to correct their husbands sparingly. This is often so difficult in the day-to-day conflicts of parenting. How do you encourage women feeling torn between how their husbands approach child care tasks and what they feel is best? You know, I think, like I said in the beginning, every home is different, and the rules in every home are different, and so, you know, I know our listeners are going to have a lot of different circumstances, but the truth of it is that we all have children with very watchful eyes, um, and that's true in every home, Yes. and so when we we find a moment, and there are plenty of them in my house, (laughs) where you know, our husbands are doing things differently than we would with the kids, um, where they're saying yes, well, we might have said no, or, you know, where they're, you know, just making simple decisions. We have to remember that I feel like God created husbands to, you know, love 
our children differently. He created men to love differently than women. And yes. so it's within our husbands to love and guide and strengthen and inspire differently than we do. And he's never going to be us. You know, our husband is never going to be us. Uh, he is a different person with different backgrounds and different perspectives. And as we come to these moments, we have to be careful to correct in a way that um, our children maybe don't see. You know, we have conversations when our children aren't watching, so they don't come into the middle of, you know, who's right and who's wrong and, you know, whose side am I going to be on? You know, it's so important that parents present a, you know, a unified front right. and um, and come, come at parenting as one. But when we have those places, we have to be able to step aside and realize that sometimes our desire to be right or do it our way, as we might think is right, uh-huh. um, can really impact the relationship negatively. I mean, it can say to our husbands, I don't trust you. Yeah. I don't trust that you thought about this and made the best decision. I don't trust your judgment. And um, and that really hits a very deep level. Right. Um, it might not just be about the, the wrong pajamas, you know, oh, right. or the wrong pacifier, or, you know, the wrong, you know, shorts the kid wore to the basketball practice. It says, I don't trust you, and I want you to know that I care more about being right than strengthening our relationship and empowering you to make different decisions. So, um, you know, a lot of this book really just changes our perspective. And as we change our perspective, really our actions follow. So we might think, you know, I do make a better decision. I, I might correct my husband every now and then. I might think things differently than him and really want to share that with him. But as we come around to the other side of that idea and we say, but I would rather him know that I trust him. I would rather empower him. I would rather come together unified than frustrated. Um, We realize that the action that needs to change is just to correct them sparingly, to look and to make an assessment and say, you know, is this going to cause harm? Is this going to, you know, really negatively impact my child? And if it doesn't, then let them do it differently and strengthen your marriage as a result. Right. What are some practical things we can do so that small annoyances don't hinder the growth we so desperately want to experience in our relationships? Those small annoyances. In in the very beginning, all of the little things that my husband did that sort of annoyed me, I just let him go. I just let them go. I didn't even say, oh, that's so cute that he bites his nails. That's so <laughs> funny. You know, like, yeah. so, that's so funny. That's kind of gross. But, you know, um, you know, now my husband's a welder. And so he has dirt under his nails. And now that's just gross. You know, <laughs> don't bite your nails. That's gross. That's not cute anymore. And uh, thankfully, he doesn't actually bite his nails anymore. So that's fine. It is over. <laughs> I feel like I should clarify that. But, um, you know, we have to just think. In the beginning, would I have kept this list of things that annoy me? You know, would I have sort of let it build up? Because it's usually not one or two things. It's usually a list of things. And and then we get to the end of it, and, you know, you drop that last little thing on top of the pile of all of the things that we never said or never voiced or never brought to our husband's attention, and suddenly we're in the middle of this 
huge disagreement because of something that seems ridiculously simple. <sighs> and so, you know, we have to just say these little annoyances, I have to let it go. I have to think uh-huh. that, oh, that, that bothers me, but I'm going to let it go. I'm not just going to shove it down because I think sometimes we, you know, there's a difference between letting it go and shoving it down. And That's sometimes right. we don't know the difference until yeah. it starts to grow something ugly. Yeah. You know, sometimes we don't realize that we've planted something in our heart rather than really pull it up and let it go until right. suddenly we've got this thick thing that's growing and we don't really know what to do with it. Right. The thing is, we, we should, a lot of times, uh, one of the ways that can help us to let it go is to bring it out in the light and discuss it. But we don't want to discuss it in anger. And we don't want to discuss <laughs> the whole list at the same time. That's exactly so, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost unfair. And you know, sometimes so it's a delicate balance. Yeah. Sometimes we do that though, don't we? We'll yeah. just you know, we'll we'll just say, Well, here's my whole list. Right. And you know, and that's that's unfair. That's so unfair because you know, then we can't really address each thing and get to the heart of it and, and have healing for any of it because it's just this huge thing. So exactly. We have to address each small thing as they come up, maybe maybe voice it or don't. Make the decision right. past it. Right. And when we can let it go, do so, even without discussion. Well, what are some right. essential steps you believe we can take to handle conflict with our spouses well? Conflict is always hard because I feel like so much of our hearts come into conflict. Yes. You know, we bring those lists into every conflict. And um, and I think in a disagreement or in a moment where our hearts are unsettled and we are saying things we might not want to say or we're feeling things we don't want to feel, the most practical thing that I have heard is that the first one to the cross wins. And if we can keep that anchored in our hearts, if we can remember that forgiveness and restoration was the purpose of our relationship with Jesus. You know, that God is in the business of reconciling relationships. He has been reconciling relationships since the beginning of time. And, you know, we have to live that out. We are created to have reconcilable relationships. And so we have to shift our perspective. And in the middle of conflict, that can be a very difficult thing to do. It can be very difficult to remember that God's love is powerful enough to overcome every disagreement. And my, I say this a lot, we have to forgive as quickly as possible. Because if we hold on to it, it just builds this ugly offense in our hearts. And, um, and, it, and it grows. And if we look at conflict and we say, I would rather have a reconciled, restored relationship than tear this apart and make you some sort of bad guy or make me, uh, some, you know, then tell you exactly how hurt I am or how upset I am and want you yeah. to experience that hurt and that upset. If I want us to succeed more than I want to be upset, 
then conflict is going to be resolved. But we have to stay anchored to the truth of who God is in our lives, uh-huh. even in the middle of conflict, just right in the middle of it. And I wish I had, uh, you know, a practical step-by-step thing that we could do. I am sure that there are wonderful resources out there full of that. But as a wife and as a mother, the one thing that I can do is choose to forgive quickly yes, rather than yes. choose to feel upset. Right, and, right. and I have to remember that each one is a choice. Right. And my family, my entire family is waiting for me to decide which one I'm going to choose. Right. And um, I love to share with my listeners something a pastor once said about the most important words in a marriage are, I was wrong, I am sorry, mm-hmm. please forgive me, I love you, I need you. That's exactly right. Yes. Gosh, those are powerful words. Yes. What are some key indicators that a marriage might need outside intervention? You know, I don't think that there is any level of marriage, you know, any level of um, maybe turmoil or any level of success that indicates outside intervention is necessary. I think that we can go in strong and healthy with outside intervention from the beginning. You know, I don't I don't think we have to get to a place where we're upset or um, where we don't know how to communicate or um, where we feel like there's constant tension in the home. You know, those all might be indicators yes. um, that you might need outside intervention. But I don't think... You know, I sometimes think that outside intervention is just looked at like we've been unsuccessful. You know, like we couldn't do it on our own. Uh-huh. Or, um, you know, there's a lot of stigma around around counseling or therapy or, or you know, getting outside help. There when is, the yes. truth is, we can go in at the beginning with a team. You know, we can uh-huh. go in with counselors, with pastors, with people speaking into our lives. Um, from the beginning. And so my hope would be that we wouldn't say, you know, these are the things that you need to look for if you need help. My hope would be if you want to strengthen your marriage and you want additional tools, that you would seek out wise counsel, you know, godly counsel that can speak into your heart at any stage of marriage. Right. Becky, which daily challenge that you give us in the book was the most difficult for you to implement? Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> honestly, on day two, I remind um, my readers to continue to speak kindly. I think uh-huh. with time, our words change. And we might still be kind. You know, we might, we might not be ugly. But we're not saying things like we would have if we were still trying to earn our husband's affections. You know, when my husband and I were dating... Um, well, this scenario didn't happen while we were dating, but if I needed something from him, I would have likely just said, Hey honey, do you mind getting that for me when you get a chance? Or do you mind doing that for me when you get a chance? And, you know, we kind of lose our filter over time. And I might just sound awful when I say this, but sometimes my husband's driving me crazy. I'm like, can you just get up and do it? Right, you know, right, and, yeah. I, and my tone changes yeah. and, and it's a reflection of my heart. It's a reflection of my patience. It's a reflection of my frustration. It's a reflection of all of it. And if I can get my mouth 
to do what I want my heart to feel. <laughs> if I can get my mouth to say the words kindly, then I can remind my heart of how it was supposed to feel all along. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. And so the challenge on day two is speak kindly, and then we're supposed to carry that challenge for the next 21 days. You're supposed to have every interaction with your husband as if it were the first day you fell in love or the first day you got married. Right. And um, and that's really hard. That's very hard um, because life is happening, you know? Life right, is happening right. all around. You know, it's not like we're living this challenge in a vacuum. We still have kids and we still right, need them right. to just get up and get us a towel so we can get them out of the bath and be done, you know? Like, right. so, we, so we have to just remember that each interaction is building on the one before and that was that was really the hardest for me. Uh-huh. What has been the most powerful and life-changing challenges for your own marriage that you discovered through this process? You know, a lot of the most important challenges, well, I, I don't know if I can say it like that. Like I said, these challenges are designed to build on each other. So I believe it's day four. I remind my reader to listen intently to her husband to pay attention to him, to create a space for him to share his heart without asking anything in return, without feeling frustrated that she needs to do something else, without casually listening and also making a list of what she needs from the grocery store. And, um, and I think my husband actually voiced that on that day, he felt loved and respected and honored and cared for and like there was room for him in our home and you know as as I went back and I talked with him about all the different changes throughout the challenges and I heard from him that that challenge meant the most that was the one that I recognized I had probably done the worst (laughs) you know before the challenge began that was the one that I realized probably needed the most work before I decided to jump into these 21 days uh-huh. And um, and so as I made the effort to continue that day throughout the rest of the 21 days as well, listening intently to him and giving him my full attention really reinforced the idea that not, that, not only there was just room um, in our home, but there was room in my time, there was room in my heart, there was room in all of it for him that he didn't have to share or fight for. And it just reminded him that I loved him, that I just, I, I really did still Amen. love and appreciate and, um, and need him. Amen. Becky, could you tell us, because we just have a few moments left, your website where our listeners could get your book and further resources? Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I, I can be found at Becky Thompson. Dot com, And if you visit BeckyThompson.com, there are links that take you to uh, Love and Ending and, and where you can download the first chapter and take the first day challenge um, all for free there. And it also shows where you can link out and buy the book from different retailers online and in stores. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for this interview. And I look forward to listening to everything you had to say in that book and trying it out and I'm going to have a great month ahead a great next 21 days I've already started and it works okay (laughs) thank you thank you so much for having me this has been an honor thank you again take care bye 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 
water you turned into wine You opened the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you and Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome power of God we pray for marriages in crisis. If you want prayer for your marriage, send your prayer request to lovesavers1 at aol.com. That's lovesavers1 at aol.com. And remember, love never fails. One like you.